Oeherema Yorana. You're listening to Tereva Neyao, the only podcast currently documenting the voices and lives of Tahitian American families and couples, the long distance, the love stories, our lives between Tahiti and the United States of America. We present to you Tereva Neyao. Aronga, and welcome back to Tereva Neyao Podcast. This is your host, Ryan, and today's guest on the show brings us through her journey starting in humble beginnings in the district of Mahina on the island of Tahiti in French Polynesia, bringing us all the way across to the United States, smack down in the middle in Kansas, moving from there to Oahu, Hawaii, all the way back to the mainland in Florida and across the country again in California, where she currently raises her three talented daughters, with her husband, Tim. This person is my friend and special guest today, Vahide Swider, and I'm excited to share with y'all our interview that we had on the morning of Easter Sunday. Here it is. Thank you so much for uh, meeting me today, Vahide. Can we start by you telling us a little about your life from birth to childhood, uh, being raised in Tahiti? So my name is Vahide, but I, uh, I was born in Tahiti in 1980. I grew up there, I grew up out there. I'm from Mahina. And I have four brothers. I'm the only girl. So I have a really, I have a really interesting story growing up. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was six. I came to live to un- in the United States with my aunt for a couple of years because she was awarded my custody of me and my little brother. So I lived in the United States for a couple of years. And then I went back to Tahiti and lived with my dad until I was a teenager. And I came back to the States again. <laughs> To finish high school, I always wanted to come back to the United States because I always, you know, in Tahiti growing up, you're like, oh, Americans, Americans, I want to be American, you know. It wasn't as I thought it would be when I came back from high school. I thought, you know, I was in my head, I was like, I'm going to go to America, I'm going to have this great life, it's going to be awesome, like in the movies, but it wasn't, it wasn't. Growing up, I wasn't really raised into dancing, into our culture. It wasn't a thing at our house. Like my brothers were surfers. So all we did every weekend, we went around the island surfing. We were literally like wake up at 4 a.m. And my dad would pack us all up and we'd go around the island catching waves, you know, going from spots to, uh, from surfing spots to surfing spots. I don't know if, Ryan, if you remember, but when we were little, um, they would do the journal in, in Rio Mauhi. Right before the journal, there was drumming. There was drumming. So every night when I would hear the drumming, I would run it, I would run by the, you know, by the tears and be like dancing. And then when it's over, I'm like, okay, I can go back outside and play. But I used to always remember when I would hear the drumming, I was like, I want to go dance, you know, just like shake it. And then I would go back out and do whatever I want. But I knew like every night that was like my ritual. Like I would, I would do that. And uh, I like dancing, but my dad was like, no, you can't dance, you know, dancing. We don't have money to take to go to classes like and there weren't that many schools when I was you know when I was growing up I'm trying to think I remember Moyata in Fa'a because my cousin used to go there but there weren't in Mahina there weren't really any schools there was only we read um recently prior to I think 93 there were there was like less than 10 écoles de danse in Tahiti and it's interesting because today I believe there's over a hundred Definitely. Like, I remember growing up, there wasn't that much, you know, like, you dance in a group. 
that's it. Like if you wanted to go to Hava, if, you know, there was money for Hava. You dance in a group or you dance at, at church, you know, for church events. Like, you know, the Mormon church had like, we would have like stuff where we'd do like cultural, you know, like cultural. So we'd have to learn Tahitian dances and stuff. And I know like Protestant church would do their own thing. You know, everybody had their, everybody had their cultural not experiences, but I don't know how you would name that, but you know, they would have their cultural thing on the site, you know, that we had to do as part of church to promote our culture. I think it was in elementary school, on Ecole Primaire. Uh, one day, one time we had to do a project for, um, for the school and it was about the Tumu'uru. So we had to learn a whole bunch of stuff about it, you know, and my teacher, her, her dad was, director of Lotac. So Lotac used to be uh, Maison d'Aculture. So that's what it used to be called. And her dad was director of that. And because she has so many connections, Coco Hotahoda came to our, to our school and helped us. It was Coco and Thierry Bonnet. They came to our school to help us with our project. And we had to learn about the different types of uh, Uru, the, everything. And we had to make our costumes. We had to learn dances and stuff. I really liked it. But Coco was... He was mean. <laughs> he, you know, he was mean. I mean, I remember, like, I think I was, like, j'étais en CM2. It was, he was mean, man. I was, like, if you did something wrong, you know, like, if you dance wrong, like, he, he, he didn't care. You look just like, you look ugly. That was bad. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure you know, you know him pretty good, right? So that doesn't, right, that doesn't surprise you. And then he's, like, and then I remember we had a little, French girl in my class and she was my neighbor. I can't remember what she did, but I remember she got like, he took her out. He's like, you go sit outside and you're not dancing. <laughs> you know, for that practice, cause she messed up. I can't remember what she did, but he was like, you go outside and you stay outside until I say so. <laughs> but I mean, it was a very interesting experience. It was good because I learned dancing. I learned, you know, and I was like, I really want to dance. I still, after that, I still couldn't because we couldn't afford dance classes. So I would just listen, you know, watch Heva, watch, watch whatever I could just to try and keep up. But growing up after that, um, when I went to, co uh, to Collège de Mahina, I didn't really dance. Like I was more focused on my studies. Like, but dancing was always like a passion, right? It was always like in the background, but because I couldn't afford and nobody around me danced, you know, everybody was going to surfing competitions <laughs> and doing other things. So we never really, I never really got the opportunity. And then I'm gonna fast forward. So I went to high school. After I left high school in 97, I left Tahiti in 1997. And I went to live with my aunt in Kansas. And there, you know, culture shock. <laughs> culture shock, but I really wanted to come back to the States. So she let me, you know, she was like, yes, you can come back. And I, and I finished high school there. And while I was there, I wanted to reconnect again with our culture, you know? So I would ask my aunt and then about dancing. And she's like, I didn't know that she, she danced, where she danced was at church. Interesting, right? Because the church band dancing, but it was at church that she, you know, she's like, yeah, we used to have to dance, you know, da, da, da. I was like, okay, so I kind of try, I try, I started learning like our old, old song. Remember um, the song, she was like, she taught me that a little bit. And I was like, and then she had costumes. I was like, 
you have costumes what the heck like you you have cost she had like a more you know she i was surprised that she did have all these things with her because i thought that when she left she didn't want no no she didn't want but she had left tahiti so long ago that i didn't think she and she never said that she danced and she never you know so i was surprised but she taught me a lot and then that gave me even more um yearning to learn more so senior year i decided she's like what are you gonna do after you graduate and i was like uh i don't know for once i for one thing for sure i didn't want to go back to tahiti like i was like no i can't go back to tahiti like i need to i want to stay in the state so she's like well apply to byu you know so i went to tahiti i went back home to tahiti and i applied to byu i got in and when you go to byu through the church for the mormon church they had a program and it was, uh, and then you dance at the Polynesian Cultural Center. I was like, yeah, I want to go do that. I want to try that. Let's let's apply. So they helped me. I went back to Tahiti, and then I applied from Tahiti, and I got accepted. I went to BYU, and when I went to BYU, I got there, and I saw the Polynesian Cultural Center, and I saw everybody else from every other culture in the South Pacific, and they knew every. If it seemed like they knew everything about their culture, right? They spoke Tongan fluently, they danced, they spoke someone fluently, you know, they danced. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm from Tahiti. I don't speak Tahitian that well. I look white as hell and I don't know how to dance that well. You know, like I really don't know how to dance, like other than just a little bit, but I really don't know anything. Like I was kind of ashamed when I, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of ashamed when I got there. But one thing like I knew is like, I wanted to learn more about my culture. I was like, I'm going to dance and that's all I'm going to do. Like, I, I really want to learn. So I had a friend. Uh, I don't know if um, Ty told you about her. Her name is Gilda. Gilda. So I knew Gilda from Tahiti. I knew her from high school. <laughs> and then I knew that she was going to BYU. So when I went there, like, she saw me, you know. she. I told her uh, she saw me and then we were connected. And I remember I had to get a job. And usually all the Tahitians go work at the Tahitian village because there's not that many of us. But I had short hair, like boy kind, and I was white. I was like super white because I just did not go in the sun. So I didn't, I look more Chinese than I look Tahitian. (laughs) So so I was like, uh, and everybody else was, you know, like Beiria. So I look like you, you know. (laughs) And everybody else looked like Beiria, you know, like super dark, long hair, like, pretty the typical Tahitian and here I am and and I was like oh my gosh I'm never gonna get a job there like they're not gonna let me they're not gonna let me work there I remember going there and then Gilda was like no you're gonna dance I was like I can't dance like I don't know how she's like don't worry about it you're dancing come and then she grabbed me and she's like I'm gonna teach you you're dancing at the village you're Tahitian you're gonna dance here and that's how I mean that's how I started you know and Ray, uh, our boss was Uncle Raymond Maritinangi, and he's like, okay. You know, he was like, yeah, all the Tahitians are at the Tahitian village. And that's how I started dancing with all of them over there. And then I met, um, I don't know if you've heard of Auntie Regina over there, um, Auntie Mahana. So I met all of them, and Auntie Regina used to teach me. <laughs> she used to be like, get the broom, practice your, you know, practice your tamo every day, because I was stiff. I was really stiff. I was like, she'd like practice your tamo. So she'd make me practice. And she's like, you have to practice every day. 
and Auntie Mahana would be very, they were really good. They were really helpful and, you know, like, come on, you know, dance. You can dance. You can do this. We're going to do this. So, and that's how I, I reconnected because anything that had to do with dance, I wanted to do it. Like, I would go to work even on my days off. That's how much, <laughs> that's how much, like, I love dancing. So, you know, everybody would be like, what are you guys doing? Oh, I said, I'm, I'm just going to go check out the village <laughs> again. <laughs> but aren't you off today? I was like, uh, yeah, but I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> so other than homework, I'll say, like, I did my homework so I can come to the village and dance. And that's how I reconnected with, uh, really, really reconnected with our culture. It's, a, it's going to PCC and seeing everybody else and like realizing, oh my gosh, like I put this aside for so many years. And now I kind of regret it. Like I'm 1920. Like I don't know anything. I was ashamed. I was a little bit ashamed that I didn't know as much as I thought I should compared to other culture. So I was at BYU from 99 to 2001. That whole time that I was there, like all I did was wanting to learn more about our culture. Like I just, I danced every day. I really like, that's all I did. I took hula classes too. <laughs> Because I wanted to learn more, you know, about other, I really always liked Hawaiian dancing. So I wanted to learn more about that. That's all I did when I was BYU. And I'm grateful to have gone there because it really helped me realize. And I told myself after that, like, that when I will have children, they will, I will teach them about our culture. I want them to know how to dance because if you don't speak the language, it's okay. But through your dance, you can still connect with other people from your culture. You can still, you know, it's, it's a medium. It's a medium for you to connect. So I told myself that, and that's what I did. But, oh, backtrack. That's where I met my husband at BYU. <laughs> that's where I met Tim. So when I went to BYU, I already had, um, I had a student visa. I had applied from Tahiti, so I was good for the four years. And that's where I met Tim. I have a question. Yeah. Um, you talk about being Tahitian. Or yes. Maui, and I was wondering if you could break down for us, or just for the record, if you don't mind, um, what islands you're Tupuna from? Because I know that your family, with my children, through a few lineages, I know that my children are related by marriage to your Chinese side. Yes. Because of um, their their great grandmother's um, Atawaroa, and her sister married a Pankui. Yes. And then I know that Vaidea's sister-in-law who's from Rapa is also related to you because you have blood from Rapa Iti. Yes. Yes. And then I know that you're also related to <laughs> my wife's grandfather from the Rurutu side too. So there's all that going on. I was wondering if you could break that down real quick before okay. we get to the Tim chapter. <laughs> yes. My mom is from, my mom's dad is from Rapa and the last name is Jean. And then my grandma is from Rurutu, so she didn't go far <laughs> to go get. But we are from the, so on my mom's side, so from the Tuhape, you know. And then my dad is from, he's, he was born in Reyatea, but his parents came from mainland China. You know, they were, uh, my grandpa was, his older brother paid for his way to come to Tahiti. And then when he had enough money, they sent for my grandma to come and join him, but I don't know if you know the stories of Chinese uh, people in Tahiti. It's pretty interesting. I do. Yeah, I'm familiar. I've done um, a couple years worth of reading up, but it, it's a it's a different diaspora than the rest of Polynesia. 
Right. Um, and I understand too that almost all the Chinese Atlanta and French Polynesia are ethnically Hakka. Yes. Yeah. There's that, but um, you know, they were all brought in for labor on that side. So that's the Pongkwe side. But we are not. But that's the funny thing is that's not a real last name. A real last name is Pong, but they added part of my grandfather's name to our last name. But that's how I'm related um, to Vedia's side by mar- by marriage. So that's my, and that is my dad's older brother. But they were my dad was born and raised in Reatea, but they traveled throughout. They, my grandparents traveled throughout the Tuamotus too. So I have, I have an uncle that passed away that's buried. I can't remember on what island, but because they used to grow vanilla, but they were agriculture, you know, so they were, and then they did the, the copra too. So throughout the island, so they traveled a lot and then they came back to Tahiti, but that's my dad's side. So my mom is, my mom's dad is from Rapa. And so I'm, Obviously, well, I'm practically related to everybody on the island because that's <laughs> that, that island is so small. So, and then my mom, my grandma is from um, can't remember the village, but her last name is Pito from Rurutu. That lineage is really strong. I'll say, yeah. I'll say, I know that for sure because both places are so sacred and still intact even today. Right? Um, they they do intermarry, but they. Even when they intermarry, they keep the culture really strong. That's yeah. really like it's special to be from there, especially Rapa. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, it, so it's still like I, you know, my mom was my mom grew up in Rapa, and then she came to Tahiti when she went to school. That's when they sent her. But every but she tries to go back, but it's hard to go back. She was supposed to go back this year, but there was no more room on the boat. So. <laughs> So she's waiting for, you know, she's That's waiting right. for another, for the, yeah, the plane is expensive, but she's waiting for another to go back home. So we have a French last name, right? On our, on my mom's side, it's Jean. C'est Jean. Is it my great grandfather was a sailor and he came to Rapa and met and married a, a woman from Rapa. So that's how, that's how that all works over there but i i always i don't speak rapa i don't speak rurutu i understand a lot of tahitian but i am not fluent i always say that like i if people ask me things about it i always say well let me check i don't want to say something wrong not not something wrong but i'd rather you know double check with other people and make sure that this is what is meant because i don't want to always i don't want to assume that i know everything because i don't you know, nobody, nobody knows everything. We always need to go back and check with other people to make sure that we are the same uh, wavelength <laughs> with everything. You're probably, you and Vede are probably some of the only Australese people living here, you know, because most people who are here are from the Raromatai or Tuomotu. It's true. I have cousins that live in Utah, but they all, we have a really big community but it's LDS and mainly in Utah. And then I know that they do a lot of things, but they don't, they're, it's just, I think it's just different, right? It's just different because they already have their community through the church. So they always all meet. And then you have other people who are like us. I mean, I'm LDS, but I'm just, I just don't go to church. I'm not as active as I should be. And then you have other people like us who like, just when you come, you're really by yourself. No, you're really by yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you come, you have your little family, and then you're trying to find other people from your community around you. But it's harder because we don't have that religious community that, you know, once you, 
that you can go to and you're like, hey, where's everybody at? And then they find, and then you find them. Whereas here, I feel like it's, yeah, there's, there's no, <laughs> there isn't. Yeah, you know? it's missing something. Well, that, that's a great segue into how you met Tim, because that would eventually lead you into the discussion that we're having, which is um, being here without family, right? Well, you know, I thought, uh, so how I met him, he worked at a cafeteria. He was, uh, I think he was doing dishes at the time. Like he was the, the, doing dishes and he used, and then he baked too. He was also in the bakery at the cafeteria. So that's, you know, interesting. Like you had to pay for college, right? You guys, Americans have to pay for your way through college, right? Remember Twistations, that's foreign. Like you don't go to school and work. I was like, Ooh, what is that? <laughs> like, like you feel bad for other people because they have to work. I just thought, I just, you know, I just remember seeing all these Americans having to work. And then, well, my work was PCC. My work was dancing. So that was fun. But I, I, I always like admire people for doing that because that takes a lot of determination because, you know, you, you have to do your homework. You have to go to work. I was like, wow. I mean, and here I am complaining Oh, well, whatever. I'm in a different country, but, you know, like kind of sad not being, you know, kind of sad being away from home. But I chose that for myself. So I had to remind myself I chose that for myself. I wanted to leave. And when I would call my dad, I used to call him like once a week. Back then there was no Skype. So you have to you had to get the pay phone and then go and call the calling card. <laughs> so you could call and I would call him and I would cry. I remember the first week I cried every night and I called him. I said, I know I said that I wanted to go back to America and, you know, and go to college. And I was going to be like this strong, independent young lady living my life, you know, and I cried every night. And my dad would say, stop crying, you know, stop crying. We made sacrifices, you know, like you wanted to go. And I would be like, Oh, okay, 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 okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll stay in school. And he's like, you asked for it. Now you go and do it. This is what you wanted. We made it happen for you. And you know, it took a lot. So I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> but that's how it was like for, for a while. And then, so I got to school in August. And I think I met Tim right before spring. I think right before spring. Yes, right before spring, because I think we went to spring, we went to spring, like a spring dance together. But I, I met him at the cafeteria. One night he came and sat down at our table and started talking to us. And I remember I was sitting with Gilda and I was like, uh, do you know this guy? And she's like, no. And she was talking to him, like having a full on conversation. I was like, you know this guy? She's like, no, but he sat down. So I'm just going to say hi, you know? I was like, uh, no, I'm busy. I'm eating. <laughs> And that's how, I mean, that was the first thing I was like, man, that guy, like he has really, uh, what do you say? What do you say? How do you say in English? Like, how dare he come and sit down by us? He doesn't even know us. <laughs> Bored, he, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. But that's how I met him. And then, and then he asked me out to go to the movies at school. And, you know, at school. Yeah. It was free movies, but that was the thing to do at BYU. We had movie nights on Friday or, and then we had like dance nights. So we went to the movies and I was like, oh, you know what? He's interesting. Like he's, he's not stupid. <laughs> I was like, cause I was like, uh, you know, the way he came about, you know, when he came and sat down with us, I just like, ah, nonchalant. I was like, ah, I'm going to come and talk to you guys and be friends. Yeah. We started, went to the movies. And then after that, he just invited me on other dates and stuff. And, and that was history. But the, the cool thing about, um, about Tim is 
I thought, you know, he knew a lot of stuff. Like he, he was really smart. He knew a lot of stuff. He knew how to make balloon animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he made me balloon animals. Like he made me like flowers. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. I was like, you know, he, and he's like, yeah, I work at home. You know, when I go home, I have to work to pay for my studies, you know, have, save my money because my parents are, that's how it is here, you know? So, but, and he always like, he took me out, you know, he would always like, would go out on dates and, and little things around the campus, you know, when we'd really feel like it, we'd go to town and take the three hour bus to Waikiki. <laughs> like whatever I wanted to do, he was always supportive, you know, supportive of everything. And he never, like he wanted to learn more about my family. He was so, he was very open-minded, you know, he was just, we just really clicked and everything went fast. I mean, after we date, we dated for a while. So I think spring, we went right before spring. And then by October, we were married. I mean, six months. Like, so we dated for six months. And then in October, we got married. For the real world, that's not uh, regular, right? <laughs> but for Mormon standard time, that's, <laughs> that's normal. You get, you know, you meet and then eh, six months later, you get married. That's about right. If you, <laughs> yeah, and then we stayed at BYU a little bit longer, and then my family came after we got married. My family came and visited, so I had my my brother and my dad come over. They visited. They lived. They came and stayed with us at our tiny apartment at BYU, <laughs> Temple View Apartments at BYU. My dad came. My brothers came, and they all met Tim, and they were all, you know. They were all happy. They were they were like, oh, he's he's really nice. He's I made a good choice. That was really good. It, it really helped that he got along well with my with my family, even though he couldn't speak French. <laughs> he was like, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, whatever. He was always just so. He was always just. He always went with the flow with them. He's like, whatever, whatever they want to do, we'll do. You know, whatever they want to do, we'll do. But that was. So that's how we met. And then after that, everything is, is history. So what are we, 2022, 22 years later, we're still married. <laughs> we left BYU in 2001. And that's when we had to do our own paperwork. So that's when the kind of the stress, you know, it's the stressful part of dealing with immigration and trying to figure out how to do your paperwork. Because when I was in school, everything was taken care of by the school. I was... You know, I had my student visa and everything, and then we left. But then when we left, I had to, he had to apply for me to, because we hadn't, oh yeah, no, we were applying for a green card, yeah. Yeah, so we moved to Colorado with his parents after BYU, and that's, I started the paperwork over there, and then we moved, and then I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, I decided that I wanted to be, my in-laws were fine, you know, they were nice, they, I wanted my, I wanted to be close to my aunt who was Tahitian. So we moved to Kansas to be close. So I, cause I, I wanted to have them closer to me and they helped raise me. And I wanted to tell to myself, I want my children to grow up next to family because it's hard if you don't have anybody, right? It's really hard. So we moved there and that's when I had Leilani in 2000, in 2002, but I applied. So I applied for my green card in Colorado and then we moved to Kansas. And so I had my paperwork follow us to Kansas. And then Leilani was born 2002. And I think I got my green card in like November. So maybe like early 2003, I got my green card. 
it didn't take that long because they were like in Colorado, they were like, it'll take two 24 months. And then when we moved to Kansas, they said, Oh, it won't take you that long. Cause we don't have that many people here from, you know, <laughs> from Tahiti or, you know, it's not as backed up as California would have been or Colorado would have been. So Kansas, they were like, Oh my gosh, pick the right place to come and finish your paperwork. <laughs> Cause I remember going for the final interview and I had, we went with Leilani, you know, she was a baby. And they're like, yeah, you're good. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know, everything was so smooth, uh, just easy. And I had heard that was a relief because I had other friends that were working on their paperwork. And, you know, we're, so we were trying to we were always like, if anybody, like I had another friend, if she had, but she married a military. So military is a lot easier to do your paperwork because they take care of everything for you. So she was a little bit, you know, she was like a little bit luckier, but yeah, so that's, how we did our paperwork. So Tim in Kansas worked at American Airlines on the ramp. And then, you know, he had a friend there and his friend also was taking pilot lesson. You know, he, oh, he loved flying. So he was working his private license. And one day I think he told Tim, hey, come up, I'll take you up. You know, you should come up and try. And Tim went up, he's like, I wanna be the pilot. I don't wanna be on the ground anymore. You know, he's like, I wanna go to pilot school. So his friend, he had done some research and he wanted to go to Delta Connection Academy and that's located in Sanford, Florida. So not, not too far, north of Orlando, north of Orlando. And that's how we ended up in Florida because he wanted to go to flight school. So he went to flight school. He graduated from Delta Connection Academy. Oh, and Gilda was in Florida. <laughs> Gilda was in Florida. So that worked out great for me because I had some, you know, finally I was going to have somebody. But her husband was going to school there, too. That's why they moved there. They went there. I don't know if you ever heard of a sound engineering school. That's why her husband went there. So they left from Hawaii to go there to school. And she went and she worked at Disney for um, she had the internship for Disney. She had graduated from BYU and she had the inter internship for Disney. So when I found out that I was going there, like I, you know, I reached out to her. I said, hey, I'm going to come and, you know, I'm going to come and and live there. So we're going to we're going to eventually like link back up, but she was so busy because she was going to school. So she was doing the Disney internship. He was going to school and then we didn't leave that close to each other. So Tim graduates from Delta Connection Academy. Then we moved down to Fort Lauderdale. He applies for jobs and he becomes a flight instructor for American flyers down in Fort Lauderdale. So we moved there. He works and stuff. And then that's, because that was the next um, step <clears throat> for him to become a commercial pilot. So he had to get hours. So we go to Fort Lauderdale. He does that. So I tell Gilda, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to move down to Fort Lauderdale. So while we live in Fort Lauderdale, I got pregnant with Hina. So I'm coming. And so I'm driving like to Orlando to come see Gilda <laughs> and to come hang out with the Polynesian community over there, over in, in Orlando. There's like Hawaiians. There's not as many as here. So we all help each other out. Like it's not just, a, and there's even less Tahitians over there. So we really all help each other out. So we always hang out together. So I would always come back to Orlando. So Tim knew that I wanted to be closer to Orlando because I have Gilda, you know, like, and we get along and he's like, Gilda this, Gilda that, Gilda, Gilda, Gilda. So, <laughs> so he's like, okay. So then we, he decides to apply for another program. He becomes a flight engineer. He passes the test and everything becomes a flight engineer. And he, once he got that job, we can pretty much live 
anywhere. So he's like, okay, we'll move back to Orlando so you can be closer and you'll be happier because with little kids, you know, you want to have family around. So that's, and that's how we ended up staying in, uh, in Orlando and raising the children and raising the, you know, all the girls there. Otherwise it would have been really, really, it was really, really hard because you don't trust anybody of your kids. You know, we only do things with each other. Like our kids can sleep at each other's house. Um, I watch the kids. She watches the, she watches my kids, you know, very, I don't know if other Polynesians are like that, but very Tahitian. I think that's a very Tahitian thing. It's like, yeah, I'd say it's very Tahitian. Definitely. Right. Sounds like Vedea as well. I mean, it's just, it's just, a, um, even if you're not blood related, it's a yeah. connection that you feel automatically you're like safe, on the same cloth. There's a safety, there's, there's a different trust, right? Cause mm-hmm. you know, for us Americans, it's like, I don't care if that person's Chinese Cambodian too. I don't necessarily know them. So I don't trust them with my kids, but Vedea yeah. on, on, you know, by contrast, she's very like, Oh no, they're Tahitian. Like, it's like family, you know? So yeah. I, could, I could see that totally. By then, okay, Jordana, we only knew that we were only friends, right? We were, we always say that we were best friends before we knew that we were related because her dad is from, so he's from, uh, his, his family is from Tubwe, her dad's family. But, you know, being from the Austral, she has Rutu actually blood. So, so then years later, we found out there was a meeting at home, back home. And um, I don't know how you remember, but it was a meeting for the Teruatea family. So I, did, so I come down from that family, from Rurutu, right? And her dad comes down from that family too. And then we're like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Not only are we best friends, but we're actually real cousins. <laughs> but we always, but we, we always say that. So the first thing is like, no, we were best friends before we were cousins. Like, you know that we we are we are cousins so i was like no no like we are cousins for reals like we always say cuz but we we're like no we actually are cousins so yeah. that, that made it even better you know everything Absolutely. is even better yeah that you knew already by instinct or something yeah. yeah but i thought you know like i thought it's interesting though. like sometimes you know like you're friends with people in tahiti and then you don't realize that you are related because you're just in tahiti you're like ah it's my friend, you know, like whatever. Like she lives in Pire, I live in Mahina. That's so far. <laughs> I gotta go over the Tahara to get to her house. Oh my gosh, you know, like in the spring, like in April or something like that, we moved back to Orlando just after Hina was born. Because I did not, I did not care for Fort Lauderdale. You know, it was there was so there is a like a little Polynesian community. I don't know if you've heard of the Maikai. So there is that, but I just went there. I went there once to see the show, but I didn't really like. I didn't really do anything with with them because I was raised. You know, I had little kids, so I didn't have time for that. So different time in my life. But I wanted to go to Orlando because everybody. So Gilda has, you know, our daughters are the same age. They're about the same age. So we have, you know, like I had just more affinities with the people in Orlando, and she had a really good community support, like from our Hawaiian friends, from our someone friend raising smaller children and it was just like we just all clicked together so I really wanted to go back to Orlando and that's where we went so we were there and then I got pregnant again <laughs> with Anave so Anave is born in 2006 December 2006 wow, so really back to back yeah yeah so that was and then after Anave I was like I'm done like we 
like this is three is good we're not having any boys it's never happening i don't care tim doesn't care we're good to go <laughs> we moved there and then the, everything i think everything was like easier it just became easier because i had i had support i had you know i had things that I would look forward to like people that I would look forward to my husband even though everybody was polynesian but like my husband got along with everybody you know we we did a lot together with all, with just everybody. We always had gathering at houses around food. So that's the best around food. And it was just good to have kids that were, that we knew were going to be together growing up. And then Gilda, Gilda used to dance at SeaWorld. Um, and the kids would, and then we had little kids that danced there. So I moved there in 2006. When did Leilani, Leilani, then Leilani started dancing there, you know, as a little girl. Well, again, through Gilda. <laughs> and then I started working there as an MC in 2009, I think. Then I started working at, at SeaWorld and MCing the show because back at PCC, I also learned how to MC the village. So Tahiti Tamuri, this was, uh, Gilda was always good at teaching, right? I love dancing. I'm not a teacher. This is, I've always said that I'm not a teacher, but Gilda has a gift. She's always been good. Like, you know, when I think of BYU, she helped me. She would always like help me practice the choreography and everything. She was, she always loved dancing and she's very good at teaching. Like she, she has, um, it's just a talent, you know, she loves doing it. That's her passion. One day we were talking about something and we were, you know, I was talking, I was telling her like, I want the girls to learn. And there was no, there's nothing. There's hula classes. Always, you can always buy hula classes, but Tahitian classes, there wasn't anything. I was like, you should do your school. And she's like, I do want to do it, you know? And we were talking about it, talking about it. And then finally, one day she decided, I was like, well, do your school and you teach our kids and I'll, I'll come and help, you know, I'll come and help. And that's how it started. I mean, that's pretty much how it started. And there were other kids that wanted, you know, that other people that loved Asian dancing in Orlando. And they wanted a place for their kids too. So Gilda started it. It just worked out great because I needed that and she needed that. And we had children and we wanted our children to know about our culture, to know about, about us and to have it in them. And then, you know, yeah, it was really small at first. It was like, at first she only, she was teaching, well, she was teaching young adults because they wanted for shows you know they wanted like she they wanted a base to know the basics to do shows and stuff and then she started teaching the kids she started with girls with all of our kids so we have four girls all together right Anave was still little so she didn't start till later till a little bit later so she has her two oldest Raihiri Kiele and then I have Leilani and Hina and they all dance and then we had other little kids that dance to work out of her house of the patio. <laughs> yes, that's where the classes. The classes are still there out of her patio, but um, yeah, she started that. I can't remember what year and it's still going. What, and her husband, Ikona, drums and he creates their otea. You know, he drums, creates their otea. And, and then we also had, so, so we had dance classes. So we had kids and we had adults. And then we had um, also drumming classes. So our kids had no choice. Leilani never did drumming because she took extra dancing class. She wanted to, she really loves dancing. Leilani really loves dancing. So she never, she never really got into drumming, but I made Hina and Anave drum. <laughs> they had no choice. So like on Thursdays, they would drum 
with their uncle. And it was funny because they would make, you know, there was another way for them. As they got better, they, like he would be like teaching them stuff and then they would make their own oteas. And then sometimes, you know, like short, you know, one minute otea, but they would make it. And then I remember one time, like, I still remember this because it's so funny. So, and her son, Kama, is a very good drummer too. Kiele is a very good drummer. She's a very good drummer, but they're just like my kids. Sometimes they don't want to go, but they're like, you don't have a choice. You have to go. <laughs> but they, one time they would make a, if they did good, like sometimes we'd take them out to make, you know, to get a milkshake afterwards or whatever. So this is what they would name. Like one time they named their Otea like milkshake. Cause they're like, we want a milkshake after. What's the name of your Otea? Otea milkshake. <laughs> you know, like, Otea bubblegum. <laughs> but you know, like, it's so much fun because I remember this. This was years ago, but you know, like sometimes it would be like dragging to try to take him, you know, to class and they're like, ah, we don't want to do this. It's boring. Why do we have to do this? Oh, you guys are so, you know, but when they would have fun and they would make all these things, it just made, it just made it worth it. Right. That was the best do like doing this with them. That is her group, you know, her husband and them or the, the founders and that's it's theirs but I just wanted to give my full support to her and her you know to her and her husband I'm all I will always have my heart will always be with Tahiti Murin in Tahiti Tamure in Florida like anything they need you know I will always support them because that is where we started that is where my kids grew up that was their safe place that is still their safe I mean they still love it like they still love it there is their safe place but um and I'm really glad, you know, it was hard because she, I'm really glad that she had the courage to start it because it's, it's, it's not easy. You know, like people always like people think that it's just, oh, you're Tahitian, just go and make it, you know, but it's not that easy. Like you really got to think about everything and you got to be, you need a support system. You need people that will support you. Her and I think are very much the same. It's like, we don't know any, we don't know everything, but we always need to learn, you know, you're always learning. So the same for dancing, like everything, you know, things change. So you have to learn. You always like have to learn. And, and I think it's, it's scary because then your name is out there, you know, people know, and then people will judge you by things that you do or don't do. So sometimes I think, you know, I give her, I've never told her that, but hopefully she'll listen to this, but I give her props because it wasn't easy to start it. It was a lot of work. Now she's back. She's back, you know, because of COVID, they had, they stopped for about, what, almost two years and she just started back up again. Yeah, I'm very proud of her and, and she's so humble and her and her, her, and her husband do, do do a lot for the community, for the Polynesian community in, in the Orlando area. Yeah. I have to say about Taiti Tamure, I... I'm, I was a fan and I still am. I'm, I knew about the group from little snippets I'd see on social media, even before I met all you guys. And, you know, we're all friends now. I mean, well, yeah. relatives with Vaidea, so it's family. But I, I did see that over here in California. And I was like, whoa, who are these people? I mean, it just looked, um, it just had something else that was on point. And then I found out later, oh, they're all well, you know, that the, the perception over here is like, oh, they're all Tahitian. So it's like, oh, that's the, where that fire is, you know? Yeah. But I do I do really appreciate the work that her and her husband did and that you and Ty did. Um, 
you know, as, as bringing that group up because I saw, I saw like videos of him teaching the boys in like a living room. Mm-hmm. I saw the, the videos of them drumming. I saw the videos of um, little shows that, that would happen. And then I saw this video of you, even before I met you doing Orero. And I was so, I was like, Whoa, you know, like th- it was like a whole bunch of, um, it was like a Tahitian group. Cause I, I saw videos of all of you guys doing it. Yeah. And so that's like in Tahiti. Yeah, there's a designated person, but there's, you know, a, a lot of times there's like three or four uh, tiras. So just amazing work. And uh, it was, yeah, I remember seeing that in like around the time I met Vaidea, I was starting to see it on social media. Yeah, that's around, yeah. they're right. That's around the time that we really started to do, you know, to like really get out there to wanting to compete, to wanting nothing wrong with California, but we always, you know, I always thought like, why isn't there more Tahitian groups like real you know like with more Maohis in with more Maohi people in there why aren't they why do we not have any more you know like here there used to be um Uncle Alex's group you know I remember when he was very active but I feel and then I but I think that afterwards like they went just a little bit you know like he wasn't wasn't as active as he used to be because I we used to watch them you know we used to enjoy watching them compete and then and then after a while they stopped but I know you know then they had Hura but, you know, we wanted just, when we started to compete, we wanted, we always talked about that. Like, we wanted to be, you know, like, okay, this is Tahitians. Like, we are Tahitians. Like, we wanted to represent our culture proudly and, you know, and just do something different. Try to do something different. And then on the East Coast, there is no, it's not like California. So there is no, there was no other group other than us, you know. So we were like, oh, my gosh, we got to do this. But we tried, like, oh, for competitions, like, we made the dancers like, you know, we did fundraisers and then we made them like teach them how to sew their costumes. Like when you go to Tahiti, like you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to make your own. So we, we did a lot of that. And then we bonded, you know, there was like a lot of bonding between the dancers. And then, and Gilda used to always, Gilda used to always, just like, if you guys need help, you need to come to the house and we will help you. But you know, you're going to learn, like, because we, ha- we had to learn how to do this. Like, we didn't know how to sew. We're just making stuff up as we're going, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. I, I like those moments of uh, everybody getting together to make their costumes and then sing the aparimas. <laughs> I miss that. I miss that. But it was very foreign to our dancers because a lot of our dancers are in the entertainment business. So they're used to having their costume made. You know, it's already, all you have to do is just put it on and go. And then when you have to make your own, then you, I think you appreciate it more and you take care of it better because you know, you're like, oh my gosh, if this breaks when I'm on stage, it's my fault. If it falls off, uh, I'm going to be the one naked and I can't be mad at anybody but myself. <laughs> right? <laughs> we decided in 2019, so we lived in Florida, you know, since, we had been in Florida since 2003. A long time. So in 2019, we've decided. My husband decided that he wanted to start a business. So we moved to. So he said he was gonna. He wanted to move to California. Mind you, I had always wanted to move to California because it's closer to Tahiti. You know, cheaper, easier. I can see family more often because when we lived in Florida, like I think I only went home like once every five years because it's so far and so expensive. But I was like, I didn't want to move to California anymore. I was like, my life was Florida, you know, like our kids grew up there, all their friends were there, like my community is there, you know, my support, everything. So 
when Tim said that he wanted to move to California and that we were going to move, that was going to be the next chapter in our life. Like I was a bit mad and I was scared and I decided, and I said, well, instead of us coming with you right away to California, let us go to Tahiti for a year. And that way the girls, cause I had always wanted. So I took the girls back to Tahiti in 2009 when my dad was sick and then eventually he passed away, but you know, I, and they went to school there. So Hina and Leilani went to school there in Papin'o. And I, after that, we came back. We lived there for like a year and then we came back to the States. But when we did that, I always, I always had in the back of my mind, I was like, I, I want to take the kids back again. I want them to have that, you know, to relive that experience again. Hina and Leilani remember, but Anave doesn't remember because she was too small. So I always wanted, I was like, I always wanted to do it, but I didn't know when. And this just forced my hand. You know, it was like, you have to do it now. You don't have any other choice. So I was like, okay, so we're going to go to Tahiti. The girls, you're going to go there and we're going to soak up as much as we can during the one year that we're there. Because that's it. We're not, you know, we did. And we moved to Tahiti for a year in 2019, right before the pandemic. <laughs> but um, it was hard. It was hard. The kids had a hard time adjusting. They danced with Aratoa. They, I think dance was what made it easier because they had always been around dance. So that was this, you know, that was the thing that was like constant. But like going to Tahiti, they understand French. But going to Tahiti and Billy, you know, and just getting fully immersed was hard. I remember Leilani having a hard time, everybody having a hard time with French, you know, like crying because it's hard, because it's school. So coming home and then doing homework, translating everything back into English and back into French. It was really hard. And then I had them all take Tahitian because I was like, you guys are going to have to learn because I'm not very good at teaching. <laughs> you know it's hard to teach your kids so I told them so at school they had to take Tahitian so that they could I wanted them to learn as much as they could in that one year yeah the experience I mean the kids I think if you talk to them if you ever have a chance to talk to them again but like Lelani said it was hard but now she's grateful for it like she always like she was a little bit resentful because she left all her friends from the United States you know the friends that she had since she was a baby going to Tahiti and having to re remake friends was hard and still in Tahiti they're not it's funny because here you know like we're like they're Tahitian American but in Tahiti they're first known as Americans because when they go to school they're like oh the Americans are here you know and it's like yeah she's and they're like oh yeah their mom is Tahitian but that's how my kids are looked at too yeah right it's like <laughs> yeah even, it's like they don't even realize they're even like Asian they're just like nope they're they're not they're not anything in their eyes except American. <laughs> yes. It's so funny. So that's, that's just fun. That was just funny. But yeah, so we made the best that we could out of that one year, um, that one year in Tahiti. And then Tim established his business. And then July 2020, as soon as the borders opened back up, we came back to the United States and we joined, uh, we joined Nonosina, which the girls love. At first, my daughter was very... Uh, and honey was like, I will never dance for anybody else than my Auntie Gilda, you know, but for Tahiti Tamure. And then we came back and I was like, uh, I think you need to go to dance class, you know? And she's like, no, no, I'm never going to dance anywhere else. I dance in Tahiti and I'm, do I'm good. And then, and then we're like, uh, I think it's missing from our life. <laughs> so then we contacted Tiana and then we joined Nonosina. The girls have really enjoyed being there. The girls have really enjoyed being there. They feel... At home, the group is very, you know, very respectful. They're, 
Tiana teaches about not just about dancing, but she always makes references to our culture, which I'm very appreciative for, because like some of the things I know, but my kids don't know. And I forget, you know, like, you know, things. So you, you forget that your kids don't have the same knowledge as you. So, so I'm grateful that I have somebody else that's a helper that helps me. And then if the kids have more questions, then they can come and ask me, ask Ty, or I know that Anavi has come and asked you guys for advice, you know, and she's like, I'm really appreciative of that, that now we have like a bigger support to learn more so the children can learn more about their culture and be, and feel more comfortable with, with it. You know, I just want them to make sure, I just want to make sure that they have the resources that they need. So if they ever have a questions, they have people that they can go to and they can never say that we never tried to teach them that we never gave them that because that's something that I think, you know, like I didn't really have, like I had the opportunity, but not really, you know, it wasn't really laid out like in Tahiti. It's like, yeah, you can go ask, but just go ask. Right. We have a different mentality where I wanted to be known. Yeah. Right. So that they feel comfortable asking because like sometimes you don't feel comfortable asking no. if you don't know that you can ask. Right. Yes. It's a whole t- it, it makes you feel more comfortable knowing that you have the ability that somebody says, yes, come to me versus like, well, why didn't you come to me? You should have known that you could have come to me. Right. Right. And learning, learning here is way different than learning over there. Right. Yes. Vaidea has shared that with me, but I know that from my own self, like I, I was welcomed by certain teachers, Yes, but it was also respect factor. You have mm-hmm. such high respect for your elders. You're like, I don't want to bug them with, thinking I can just ask A, B, and C. Yes. I mean, living there is not this big workshop every day, you know, schooling every day. Sometimes you're just with them. And if the elders decide, you know, while we're in the middle of cooking that they're going to teach you something, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, now now they're opening up and telling me. Or if they're doing something, something like Verea has said, sometimes they just want you to watch. They don't, they don't want to instruct and have to teach like you're saying like i'm not a teacher right a lot of them probably feel like that too like i'm not a teacher if you want to learn it watch what i'm doing and copy me yeah. and then i'll correct you right then i'll teach it's you just... but i won't like put it out there like ask me anything i'm an open yeah. book right so i think that's wonderful that the girls have that with tiana and with nonosina i have i have huge respect for that uh especially for the family and the group and um when vaida and i see it 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 kind of makes me a little sad we're all the way here in sf because I wish that we were around all of you down there with with them, um, so we we could be you know in on it too. For because Tane's getting older, every time he hears drumming like you, like when you said when you're little, he's pouting all over the house. They're <laughs> drumming, they're using everything, they're using the broom to knock the toire, and they're hungry for it, you know. Yeah. But we do want to send them back home like what you did, and I think that that's something important to talk about on the podcast. I think parents should hear there's value in it. It will be hard. Yes. They, they may resent you. Yes. The kids, right? Oh, yes. No, that was, it was really hard. They did. Leilani did resent me for like, I think the first three months were hardest. I almost thought I almost came back. Like I almost came back with them because I was calling my husband. I was like, this is hard. Like, this is a lot harder than I thought, you know, even though I have a really good support system in Tahiti, I have my brothers. I mean, we didn't have, we didn't, you know, we had everything that we needed to live well. You're going to live like we live, like island style, like really like 
So we live, uh, we live in Papino on a hill, right? On the in the plateau of Atohe. And we have a really simple home. You know, it's not, we don't have any, there are not, it's not the commodities that we have in the United States, all the conveniences. There's no AC, there's no, you know, you have to share living community because that's how it is in Tahiti. Everybody lives in one house, the grandparents, the children with their children. <laughs> so, you know, that was, they knew but they didn't know. Does that make sense? Like they knew where we were going, but they didn't know how hard it was going to be. Yeah, that makes a lot the, of sense. The, the adjustment, you know, the adjustment. And then school, the adjustments to school. My kids are grateful for it now because like I've heard Hina say, she's like, no, I don't think my friends could live in Tahiti. Like, I don't think they're ready for the flying cockroaches. Yeah, it's part of it. It's part of it. There's no shame, you know, that. that's what I always tell folks. I'm like, when they when they say to me, like, especially coworkers or people who don't know, they're like, oh, it must be paradise when you go visit your in-laws. And I'm thinking, I, I always have to tell them, like, I'm not at the resort. I'm not at, like, you know, in an in a infinity pool <laughs> or in the bungalow with a, <laughs> with, a, with a cocktail in my head. I'm like, you know, it's, it's we're, we're, especially where I go, it's fa'a, and I, yeah. and I love it, right? But um, the conditions are, that's the real Polynesia. I mean, it's, like you said and described, it's almost village life. Yes. Because it's, it's communal. I mean, all the food, there's no like you're just getting takeout from Grubhub and it's your, yeah. it's no. like, no, we're all eating together or this is the food for, for the night. And this is yes. what the family has. This is the bread. This is the, the yeah. ma's in the pot and there yeah. you go. Help yourself, you know? So I, I agree with you. And for Hina to say that, um, and for, especially to hear the story about the girls, because by the time I met them at the Tahitian American Tamara we had, yeah. They're so mature and also I want to comment about them. They're so respectful. That to me was very Tahitian that they called me uncle and uh, they called Vera auntie. They didn't even know that they're related to her yet, but they're very respectful girls. And, and maybe you think otherwise because you're their mom. <laughs> um, but for me, seeing them as, as not their parent, I thought that that was very, to me, that was the most Maohi thing was they're very respectful of older people. You know, they look American, sure, because they're very trendy. They're very fashionable. And yet when, when you hear them actually talk, though, you're like, oh, okay, it's, it, they're, they're both, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that because, you know, like that was one of my things is like raising the girls. Like I knew that, you know, I was like, I want my kids to be like, very respectful of, of their elders, of other people. But like growing up, so... You know, everybody's, I always tell them, like, if you don't know their name, their uncle and auntie, they're older than you. That's a sign of respect. It's not us, it's not us being, unless they tell you otherwise, but you, you call them uncle and auntie. And I want to make sure, like, I always tell them, you better not embarrass me. <laughs> because, but, you know, they knows, like, better not embarrass me when we go. You better be helpful. If not, I'm going to pull your hair. I'm going to pull your hair in front of everybody. <laughs> But yeah, you know, they, I mean, you're truly the Tahitian mom. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Like, you better help the kid. If you see little kids, you better go help them. But you know, I'm, I'm grateful that they are like, they do do it because you know, like, I don't know, they could have turned out otherwise too, because I was always on them about being respectful, about making sure that they help, you know, because that's what we're supposed to do. Like, that's how you're supposed to live. You're supposed to help each other out, just like in Tahiti, you know, this, because this, if we were in Tahiti, this is what I would expect you to do. So even though we're not there, I expect you to do this here and always be helpful and always be, always be giving, but 
to an extent sometimes, because sometimes I think we're too giving people take advantage. You know, you never know, but like within, when definitely when we have Tahitian gatherings, I'm like, you know what to do. Like, you know how to behave, you know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. That's what I wanted them to know, you know? And I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they, they know all that, but the experiences of them living in Tahiti has definitely helped shape them because she, they do say, I mean, they do say they're like, in their American way, they're like, bro, I don't know if my friends can live like that. And she's like, yeah, bro, I don't know. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, there's another thing that they say, oh, that was like, I don't know, you know, saying that when I go to Tahiti, everybody thinks that we're going to the resort. She's like, that's not a resort. Like, yeah, we do go to a resort for like one week, you know, when my dad comes, but most of the time we live with our family. So we are living like, like people from there, we eat together, like, like we eat, all of our meals together. We sleep in the same house. Like it's a whole community affair. It teaches them. It teaches them about life as a gen, as gen, as in general. You know, you may not have a lot materialistically, but you are fulfilled. Like that's that's one thing that I think they have learned. Because like my brothers don't have much, but they're always happy. But they are happy. They love their life. They wouldn't trade it. You know, they come to America. They do shopping and everything, but. After a while, they're like, oh, we want to go home. My island, I miss my island. I miss seeing the ocean. I miss eating our food. I miss eating fish. I miss, you know, I miss eating the bananas from the yard or whatever it is. But they're always, she's like, it's so funny that they're always happy with what they have. But sometimes here in America, I feel like we, like even me, sometimes I do. Like, you know, you're always trying to get more. You have to work to get more, work, work, work get more, get more. Whereas sometimes I think like I need to take a step back and be like, okay, you know what? This is good. Like we don't need any more. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. To me, all that you just shared that to me, that's what it is being Maui, right? Being happy with where you're from, being happy with what you have, even if it's quote unquote, not a lot, it's everything because you have your, your land, you have your family, you have your identity, you have your culture, you have so much. And I'm really, really happy about the girls learning that. And I, and I hope that my boys, I want to, I want to see the girls do well. Cause I, I hope that they, it turns around. If my boys had questions, they can go to the girls and say, what was it like when you did this? Or what, it, what did you see? What, how did you deal with this? You know, what do you wish people here in the United States, people specifically that say they love Tahitian culture, what do you wish they knew from an actual person who's from Tahiti? raising daughters who are half Tahitian, who have lived over there, whether they're young or old, but what do you wish people over here knew about being Mahi, being Tahitian, and how it feels to see your culture portrayed by other people and things like that? First and foremost, like I am very, I am grateful, you know, that Ori Tahiti has put only one aspect of Tahitian culture at the forefront, right? Everybody knows Ori Tahiti, everybody Everybody loves it. Everybody wants to do it. And it's great. It's one way to promote Tahiti. But I feel like there is so much more than just Oditeiti. You know, there is um, people that are Maohi are not necessarily dancers. You know, like you don't have to, you're not, you don't necessarily have to be a dancer. You can be, you can, you can just knowing the language, but even just watching, just being, you know, just being a, 
not watcher, but like just enjoying watching it. You already, you know, that's, that's your culture. Like coming from Tahiti, like sometimes I feel like we put too much focus on just the dancing part, whereas everything else. Cause I think also like being Maohi is also, I always say that like, I may look like, I look, you know, I, ha- I have Chinese blood and I do, and I do do like my Chinese side, like we do the rites for the cemetery and all that. But I also do like for, for Tahitian, like I know how to fish. I know how to gut a fish. You know, like I grew up like going up to the valley and climbing banana, climbing mango trees to eat, getting my uh, pamplemousse from the, you know, pamplemousse tree and doing all those things. But I think also all of that is part of our culture, like knowing how to do all these things because it's one aspect. We have the dancing, we have the language. I do wish that I they had learned more. This is one thing that I don't feel proficient at. So like when people ask me, and it's, it's really weird. Like, so when people ask me to, sometimes they ask me to translate stuff and like, I don't know how to translate it. Does that make sense? Like, I know what it feels like. I know what the meaning is, but I don't know how to say it in words. Like I said, you know, I say, but this word can mean this, but I would also use this way. Like, this is how I feel this word should come out with, but I don't know if that's what that person intended it to be. So I can't tell you that this is what it means. You know, like this is, I'll just tell you the general meaning of what I think it means. Like the culture, I just want people to know that it's, it's a lot of things. It's, it's just like saying, you know, you're American. <laughs> what's your, what's your, but what do you think it is? But like for Maohi, dancing, language, yes, but also the way of living, the way of sharing, of telling people, you know, before it used to be, it's not like, like this anymore. It's not as much like this, but like in Papeno, we have a, I have like a family that we go and when you come by, he always say, hey, make them, ah, I make cafe. If it's in the morning, you know, like that, that feeling of welcoming, that's, that's typical Maohi, like always like, my door is always open if you need anything, it's always open. At the foremost, I would say that is the first thing of of the Maohi culture is the welcoming. It's always to welcome the visitor. Like you have to have these, these are manners that have to stay with you, you know, like, and if you can help, always help. Now that I think about it, that I think that that's more important because like I always have, always have that sense of helping out if you can. And welcoming people because that's how I grew up, you know, like everybody, like the old people would say when you come by, oh, come eat. Oh, no, eat. Make sure you eat a lot. <laughs> you know, but then they tell you you're fat. I was like, but you just told me to eat all the to make sure that I eat. But like, oh, but now you got too fat. So come eat, but don't eat too much. But make sure you go exercise before you leave. <laughs> You know, and their bluntness, and the bluntness of the Maori people, because they are, they are blunt. I mean, we are humble and shy, but at the same time, we are very blunt about certain things. You know, they'll, they'll straight up tell you, yeah, mm-hmm. look, that was ugly. Uh, no, that is a no. Don't do that ever again, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so I would, I just want everybody to know that the welcoming part, I think. Like, remember that, the welcoming part. Always being, being warm and welcoming to other people. It's not because you dance that you know everything. Sometimes I feel, you know, sometimes I feel like, yeah, because we, because you're dance, you're the, because we dance, 
we are the biggest promoter of culture, but no, it's not because we dance that that is not a, that is not just culture. That is one way for you to promote, but that is definitely not it. We have so much more to learn. And, and then culture, because it is alive, it is ever changing and growing. So we have to keep up with it. What may, you know, like some of the things have changed. I would say like dancing, definitely. We know how we can see how it has changed and evolved over the years. But we also need to remember what came before us so we do not forget, you know, and then so we don't we don't forget and we don't go overly crazy either <laughs> in our in our growth, you know, but change is inevitable because we are alive. If we weren't alive, there wouldn't be any change, you know, then the culture would be dead. Sometimes like I think we have I have to remember that, you know, like we have to remember that, but and we have to keep up with it. We have to keep up with it. Like, like you say, constantly learning and everything and just remembering, but remembering the past. We have to remember the past definitely so we can avoid some mistakes that have been made or, you know, not necessarily mistakes, but like maybe go around gear in the way that we want it to go instead of letting other people gear things, you know, like letting just a few, like just making sure that everybody knows how it's going and if that's a path that you want to take or not. That to me sounds like the Maui way of living for sure. All of what you just said. Well, I just want the kids, you know, I just want the kids, my kids, your kids, you know, like, I know that sometimes I feel that my kids feel that, but sometimes they don't tell me like, you know, like when I told you, like when we go to Tahiti, they know it's Americans and then here, in, here only in the dance area, they're, knows, they're known as Tahitians, right? But sometimes I feel like they belong to neither so it's harder for them. I think that it will be harder for them as they grow up because they do have a mixture of cultures in them. And then to balance it, that will be for them to figure it out. Does that make sense? Like, I, like us as parents who want to make sure that we have given them all of the opportunities to learn about all the different cultures that belong to them. And then the balance will be hard because... In Tahiti, we're not Tahitian enough. <laughs> in America, we're not American enough. You know what I mean? And then they do have Chinese. So, and then they're not Chinese enough. Right. You know, so right. it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a struggle, but they embrace it. And as long as they're comfortable with it and that we have done our job as their parents to let them know that it's okay. This is what you are you know, and it's fine. And you can do whatever you want with it. So that's, that's what I want our children to know, like, that we try to give you the best knowledge that we have about our identity. And then you can, and then you can make whatever you want out of it. That's what I want the kids and everybody to know. And I love everybody. Thank you, Ryan and Lydia for doing this. And shout out to everybody that's out here, Tahitian American, that's living the life and trying to not survive, but living it and the struggles that come with it.